All right, ATP Podcast, episode 10. We're in the double digits. Today, my guest is uh, Jacob. I don't even know your last name. Mills. Jacob Mills. Yeah, man. Jacob yeah. Mills uh, operates at a gym up in Evendale called... Breakthrough. Breakthrough. Um, yes, indeed. You're a personal trainer there, correct? Yes, part-time. Part-time, okay. Unfortunately. Looking to make it full-time. Yeah, goal. yeah, most definitely. Right on. Yeah. Um, how long have you been there for? Um, I did an internship there for like seven and a half months, but okay. I've been working there officially for almost two years now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So how long would you say you've been a trainer or at least wanted to? I've wanted to be a trainer since college, since like my sophomore year of college. How old are you now? I'm 25. Okay. So yeah. um, a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it took me a little bit of time to figure out, like, because I really wanted to go into like strength and conditioning. I mm -hmm. wanted to be like uh, football, like in there, just like all the team, just ramping everybody up. Yeah. And then... um. Like, while I would still like to do that, I also like a lot of the one-on-one -on -one stuff that I've experienced, so that's kind of helped me a ton to kind okay. of branch out. And, like, I realize that getting hyped and just, like, slapping each other and screaming a bunch doesn't always work for everybody. Yeah. So, yeah, that took me a little bit of time. But, but uh, that's still one of your goals is, is to do strength and conditioning coach? Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe through the NSCA and, like, get the actual title. Uh, I guess to a certain degree, some of the stuff that we do would be considered strength and conditioning, um, but yeah. not to, like the scientific format where they're like, hey, this is like, you know, how they kind of dot and line everything. Right. And line it. So, um, but you want to work, like, you want to coach for a team, you're saying? I wouldn't mind working with a team. I don't okay. know if I would coach for a team now. If okay, so you wouldn't want to be like the university employee that coaches. Right, yeah. You like want to do your own private thing, but maybe consult. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, we actually have... Uh, a couple kids from like whether it be some of the high schools in the area like Moeller or uh, mm -hmm. Lakota East and then we have some college kids that'll come in and then like That's awesome. once they'll come in and get trained they're like oh okay it's a little bit different and then yeah. they bring their friends and then next thing you know we have like half the team so it's like yeah, yeah I'm still kind of uh meeting my goal there right then, no I get yeah. you yeah it's a weird thing I, I thought I used to want to do that too but it was like if you're the employee you might get told a little more what to do you might not be able to work your philosophy and then I don't know, to me, like, I can't even imagine having, like, you know, 30, 40 guys at once and being able, you know, maybe at the at a collegiate level, if everyone had a good base already and knew what they were doing, fine, but if I have to, like, you know, work on a bunch of stuff, there's just one person with that many people, there's not enough time in the world to actually effectively get things done, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I like to use the word effectively, too, because, um, like, <clears throat> sometimes you'll have all those guys in the weight room, and it's like, uh, whatever they're doing, whether it be squats or deadlifts, bench, whatever their movement is, when you have that many people, if there's not as many coaches or you're outnumbered to a certain extent, like, there's going to be a few times that, like, that player might slip up, mm -hmm. and it's like, while it, most of the times it's not going to be a bad thing, but, like, right. there's still that chance like that all it player. takes is one time too yeah exactly right. one bad like thing yeah, to go wrong all it takes so it's like um your star wide receiver might throw something out in his back deadlifting and it's mm -hmm. one of your guys wasn't like right there on it right so it's uh it can be a little stressful too having that many people it could time. yeah and at the high level if you know you're you got an all-star player and they get hurt and yeah. you'll probably get the blame from that oh yeah head you, coach yeah straight down straight down they'll yeah. blame you right away i don't know tell me if you had a similar experience but i i look back more and more and nothing against my high school strength coaches again to me it, that's a hard-ass job yeah but i feel like a lot of the things i learned in there like the cues and stuff like it's the opposite of what I used. I'm like, why would they tell me to do that? But I remember do like one of the things I always point out is 
I was always told to like look up on squats, you know, look to the ceiling. Yeah, and I'm like, why the fuck did we do that? <laughs> like, that's the worst thing you could do. Yeah, they uh, they always told us to look two inches from the corner where the ceiling meets the wall. Yeah, and I was like, that's that's horrible. That and then one time uh, we were they so we didn't implement deadlifts until my junior year of high school. Okay. And uh, so I played football, but like they didn't in implement any sort of like hinge drills at all. Yeah. So we had a trap bar, <clears throat> and we would deadlift on the trap bar. But like he didn't teach us how to hinge, so yeah. some of these kids were like rounding back. Like not that I'm against a rounding spine, but like right. when you're loading heavy weights with it, yeah, changes the it game. It was like obviously ugly. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like there's a, there's a there's a zone, and like you can vary because body type and everything. But there's sometimes when it's out of that zone, and it, you can no matter what, it's it's pretty dangerous. Yeah, like yeah. faces getting red, and they're just like shaking, and it, it's a it's a shit show. Yeah. What's that? Can I cuss? Is yeah. That, I oh, okay. Cool. All right. Yeah, cool. We can cuss. I'm not gonna edit that out either. All right. Awesome. That's no, gonna stay in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. If whoever's listening, it's it's your choice to be offended by what I say. That's All that's right. on you. That's so fair. If I you don't like it, that. don't listen. I don't care. If you like it, listen. Let's go. Um. So what kind of what got you into training then? Where did where did that start? Um. So when I was little, I was always fascinated by weights. <clears throat> my my older brother always had like. The super, it wasn't even really a barbell. It was just like a steel rod that was rusted. He'd put like, okay. have you ever seen those super old ass weights that were like plastic, but they had like cement on the inside of them? Uh, I can't say. Dude, maybe they, if I they saw were that, rough. Um, so he had those, and um, I always lifted those. And like, I actually still have one of his dumbbells. And of course, my uncles were just like, yeah, you can get girls if you do curls and blah blah blah. And yeah. When you're 10 and 11, you're like, yeah, let's go. So I started doing that, and then like, I just kind of caught my eye. Like, I liked the way that like the burn felt. I was yeah. like, okay, this is pretty interesting. And then once I got into high school and I started playing football, even though I kind of half-assed football, yeah. once I experienced the weight room, I was like, oh, this is different. Okay, so you already a gym rat at that point. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, this is way different. Like, Cause that was the first time I had really like seriously squatted, uh, benched, did any sort of pressing, like any explosive movements, like power cleans and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is like completely different. Like I was so crazy sore after the first few months of like lifting. And um, what had happened was I started to, almost like a puzzle piece, I started to apply like, well, how can this make me better? Cause I was a lineman, mm -hmm. ridiculously small lineman. <laughs> but I was like, how can these movements that I'm doing make me better on the field. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, well maybe if a receiver does this, this, and it was like this connecting the dots kind of game that I played. Uh, over time, I uh, I switched around, like I wanted to go into psychology and like I used to draw a lot. So I was mm -hmm. like, oh, maybe I can be an artist, do this, do that. But like at the end of the day, I'd say like, not at the end of the day, but like during college, I was like, I can do all of these things by being a trainer. Because like there's mm -hmm. times where like, I'll have a client come in and instead of actually working, like if their session is an hour long, yeah. I'll have somebody come in and sit and talk to me for 20 to 25 minutes. It's, during the session or yeah, like during, okay. during the session, during it's the session. crazy. And yeah. they're just like, yeah, man, life, this is what happened with my girlfriend, this is what happened at work. And then for me to do the work that we do, um, as far as like, you'll hear me refer to structure, which is like how people's, uh, like how they're sitting or standing. Yeah. And um, for me to achieve the structure that I need, like in that setting, uh, sometimes, like if somebody comes in and they're high strung and they're super stressed from work, what you'll find is like they're shrugged up a shit ton and they're like, oh my God, but like I talked to them for 15 minutes and all of a sudden. They'll relax. They'll yeah, they relax the a little tension bit. a little bit. Right. And then yeah. I'm like, okay, now we can start to work out. Yeah. So uh, it takes a little bit of time, but like I don't mind it at all. And um, that falls into like the psychology part. Yeah. I wanted to be a therapist and okay. like it gives me a chance to be a leader, a mentor, um, almost like a brother.
brother, like father figure to some of these people. And it's yeah. like, I really appreciate that I can do that. I can still be an artist as far as like creating workouts and create gym apparel Absolutely. and things of that sort. So uh, long-winded answer, I get to like, you get to do all the things you yeah, like to do all in right. one. And I still get to lift weights. Yeah. So it's, you know, it works out in the end. No, that's awesome. I, yeah, anytime someone comes to me and they're like, I want to be a trainer, but I don't want to be a therapist. And I'm like, well, that might not be the field for you. Because sometimes it is just about like, just, it, you know, I, I like the term coach over trainer. I always say coach because it's like that covers more of a base. Trainer makes me think we're getting in the weight room. We're doing that. Yeah, we do that. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to be available for you at any time, anything you need, man. Like yep. I want to be, help, we're helping you change your life. Right. Whether it's for a sport or just for health or whatever, you know, whatever your goal is. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's like, you know, the person, all they did was vent to me for an hour and we maybe did half of what we normally do. But it's like, if that's what they needed that day, then that's what I want to give them that day. Right. We got plenty of time. We got, it's all about the long game. We got plenty of time. We don't have to hammer this and get every this one down. You know, maybe with an athlete, it's a little more serious because we've got this timed goal type thing. Mm-hmm. But for the, even then, for the most part, if that might be more effective than a hard workout that day to, yeah. to release that. That might be a thing. So that's good exactly that you so. want to do that. Yeah, then, like you said, it's awesome that therapy. Now, how um, how integrated is that for you? Like um, working with that, you know, the like making someone feel good through the exercise, and uh, also while you know getting to know them, getting to know their life. Like, how do you kind of approach that? If if there's um, a way you can describe a it? lot of it's like it's not like they'll come in. I'm like. What traumas do you have okay. from your childhood? But, yeah. <laughs> but like they'll come in, and as soon as somebody walks in the door, um, like I've only been trained for a short time, but the way that I've been trained, I guess I should use the word coach as well. I like that too. Uh, you don't um, have to. I just it's personally no, it's that's my fine. favorite. Um, the way that I was I was taught to do that was as soon as they walk in the door, I automatically start to do, not judge, but I analyze. Assess. Like, well, how are they walking? What yeah. are their hips doing? What are their upper back? What's their ap- upper back doing? Uh, look at facial expressions, uh, body Posture, expressions. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And then. Um, the feedback on how we speak and then from there that's when you know like if it seems like something's bothering them to a certain extent it's a personal trainer because it's personal so i'm like hey man everything going good today like how's and if i know like i don't like if something's wrong with their parent or something's wrong with their dog and i know of it you know i'll bring hey how's your dog doing how's your parent blah blah blah. you know just trying to be more human you're building a relationship yes that's exactly it and um while i don't dig deep if i feel like they are hesitant to speak on it. I won't pry, but I'll offer the the opening for it. Like, mm-hmm. hey man, if you need this, go ahead. I'm here. Yeah. And then um, once that happens, and then they kind of fall into their structure, then I'm like, okay, we can slow down a little bit. We can get into work. Or sometimes they'll come in and they'll just talk for a whole session, and they're like, damn, I missed my session. I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. Because like we always have next time. Yeah. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, that doesn't happen often by any means, mm-hmm. but like um, definitely like the twenty to thirty minute mark. I'm like, okay, I'll keep listening to you, but let's, let's try to get a set in. Yeah, yeah I so, get you. Yeah, it's a good little carryover. Do you find that in your own life that uh, you were on the opposite end of that at all? Do you feel like your experience with training maybe it helped you on some things? I you know I don't know much about you, so I'm trying to learn a little bit. Oh here. yeah, no, no, that's fine. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have this. So I I like to consider myself like a really nice, like talkative, just kind of cool person. Okay. Um, You're naturally extroverted. That's actually interesting. So um, 
I started working in customer service my senior year of high school, and I never talked to anybody outside of my friend group. Yeah. And then from there, I was like, oh, okay, you know, I can talk to people. And yeah. then after I graduated college and I started working like multiple jobs, it's like I can't stop talking to people now. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm an introvert with a lot of extrovert tendencies. I'm like, the same way. Yeah, there's still times where like, I'll get off work and I just drive home with no music. I'm just like, just I just enjoy this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, training almost becomes therapy to a certain point. Uh, I have this thing in my mind where like, while I'm really mellow, I'm ridiculously competitive. And it's like, yep. even in my mind when there's no competition, it's like, I have to be better than what I was tomorrow. Or like, the next time I do this drill, I have to get maybe one more rep or mm -hmm. get more sensation out of it or more feeling from it. So, um, it almost becomes therapeutic. As for, like, even if I'm going through something or I'm stressed from that day or it's, yeah, I guess in short, it is therapeutic. Okay. No matter necessarily what it is. A lot of times for me, it's like just working myself into the dirt. So okay. like after, you you know, after a really long, hard workout and you just completely, you got your ass kicked. Yeah. You're just like, you know what? Life's not as bad as I think it is. Right. Now yeah. all the bullshit goes away when you're just like, when you're tired and, and, or you get that more so you get that feeling of accomplishment after you're like, nothing matters. I did that. I got this. Yep. Yeah. I get you. So what was the bridge and the gap between like, okay, so you're, you liked lifting already. You enjoyed it. Um, you were really interested in it, but what like pulled the trigger to go start the internship? Cause that, you said that was pretty much like the first step. Yeah. yeah so I, uh, I had one of my best friends, Joe, and he would always come to the gym with me and like he played baseball. So we were both pretty active and he was always the one that like he would work out with me, but most of the workouts were my ideas. And mm -hmm. I'm looking back on it now, I kind of feel bad running him through that because <laughs> some of them were super rough. Yeah. And um, it's funny because now I actually train him. Like he plays softball. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. So I, I've been working with him. He's He's got some problems and stuff. But, yeah. Uh, just trying to get him a little bit slimmer, hitting harder, and moving better. Um, Do you but, play competitively or? Uh, like, uh, fairly competitive. So it's supposed to be rack. rack it started out rack. But not beer drinking league. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he enjoys it a lot. But, oh, the gap. Virginia, okay, so mm -hmm. while I was working at retail, I had gone through my uh, my course thing for UC, and I found out that before I graduated, I needed an, like an internship. Okay. So that's when I was calling around all these gems, and I was like, hey, you know, can I shadow this guy? Can I do this? Can I do it? And of course, they're just like, no. What the hell? Wait, were you still studying psychology? No. So like, I I was in what is called uh, exploratory. Okay. And I was taking some psych classes, and then I was like, you know what? Mm, I'm not a fan of this. Luckily, though, those transferred over as uh, gen ed stuff mm -hmm. for my degree, which is health promotion education. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, so one of my coworkers, it was at Kroger. Um, she's like, that guy, he was wearing the same shirt I'm wearing right now. Um, she's like, that guy looks like he works at a gym. You should ask him. And yeah. I was like, that's creepy as hell. I don't think I will. And, so uh, you, like, you were in your Kroger uniform. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, I actually seen him a few times. And then finally one day I... Uh, I was like, hey man, do you do you work at a gym? Like, what what's going on? He's like, no, I actually own one. I just opened it up a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. I was like, no shit. And I was like, by the way, I go to UC. This is my degree. I want to train people. I was like, I need an internship. And this was three years before I even got close to graduating. Okay. And he just kind of looked at me. He's like, yeah, you're more than welcome. And then the next 25 minutes of that conversation was him giving me um, like this plethora 
of information. Like yeah. how you talk about information, how it should be free and like you, just educating people and right. just giving it out. Yeah. That's literally we all what, rise together, man. Right. Yeah. And that's literally what he gave me. And I was like, holy shit. Like after months of asking all of these trainers if I could shadow them. And then this one guy's like, yeah, you're more than welcome to come into the gym. I'll give you everything I have right now. And I was like, let's go. So as my time working there, every time he came in, I'd ask him a new question. That way he kind of kept me in the back of his mind. And then I think it was the end of my fall semester, I showed up at his gym and I was like, hey, can I still intern? And he's like, get the fuck out of town. So <laughs> He didn't think you'd come back? Yeah, so I just kind of walked up to his front door and he started training me. And um, that's when I really got into it. I was like, okay, this, right on. I think this is it. And so you did seven months there, you were finishing up, and you, yep. um, he there, was like, why don't you work for me? Yeah, so there... Are there, you a contractor employee? Um, contracted. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So there was a brief area of time where like, because it's it's a small gym, like I think the most they've had there that I've been there was like three trainers. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Two of them ended up leaving, and then before the second one was out the door, that's when he got because there was like I think it was like two to three months after I graduated because the main the main thing with the private gym is like well you know we don't have membership so we right. can't really feed you the way a typical gym would. He's like so you're gonna have to bring your own people in. Mm -hmm. You know, a college student like that was like I was talking to my friends but I wasn't really networking as much as I should have. Yeah. Um, so that kind of set me in the dirt a little bit, but what the thing that changed the game was when those trainers were leaving, he's like, hey, come in, get coached up, because like, we evolve in our principles so so much, that like mm -hmm. that three months put me three months behind. Yeah. So I got in, I started doing like 12, 14 hour days with him, and I would get coached, and I'm learning all this stuff, I'm watching how he changed from a couple months ago, yeah. and then from there, the trainer that was leaving, he's like, all right, slide in this class, work out with them. And then it was like, okay, help her lead this class. And then over time, I was like, okay, just go ahead and take the class. And then as she exits, they'll be comfortable with you. Yeah. And that's kind of helped me. And then okay. working with them has helped me branch over into like one-on-ones. So and you do mostly class and mostly one-on-one? -on -one? I would say right now I do mostly classes. Okay. And then I have my own one-on-ones that yeah. kind of come in. And then some of them are fed to me through the gym as well. Yeah. How many people through a class? Do you guys typically do? I would say pre-COVID. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, pre, yeah. pre-COVID, I would uh Saturdays were probably our busiest because we don't have like a huge clientele. So Saturdays we'd probably get anywhere between like eight to twelve people. Okay. And then on average I'd say anywhere between like two to five, two to six people. So it wasn't anything like huge numbers wise. Mm -hmm. But that works out well because our training aspect is really really heavily detailed so mm -hmm. it's almost better for us if there's that two to five range instead of 20 people in class yeah 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 more attention it's better better product as i always say yes um yeah definitely. but you prefer the one-on-ones what do you like to do mostly or do you um, like both i like both but i'll tell you what depending on who's in the class like if they start to get hyped i get hyped too and i'm yeah. like let's go like okay. come on yeah so okay. uh, I like a little bit of that, like, kind of let's go energy and just kind of dog out the workout. And yeah. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Right on. Yeah. So you say you might prefer that a little more? Yeah, depending. Like, if I have a one-on-one -on -one that brings the same energy, I'm like, all right, cool. That's, okay. Th so that's um, that segues into another thing. I, I was taught how to, like, when people come in, I was taught how to, like, almost, like, match energy yeah. and read their energy. Because a lot of times, like, you don't want to be too up if somebody comes in and they're down. Right. And then, like vice versa you know if they come in to up you don't especially in that you sense you, yeah you don't want to be that trainer it's like yeah i guess we're gonna go over here and squat right it's like um so matching energy kind of uh is one of the things that i've gotten a little bit better at doing okay well, so yeah right on um what uh besides so you said maybe 
eventually get in like with a team but privately on your own terms yeah what kind of things are you hoping to do as far as what kind of clientele do you look for anything like that that's a great question so i've always wanted to deal with athletes and okay. while that's kind of been on the back burner right now i still would like to deal with athletes yeah. um a little bit more than what i am right now what would you say most of your clientele is right now um, people who have been jacked up in the gym. And so a like, lot of corrective work. Yes. Okay. Tons of corrective work. And then I do have just a few athletes to myself and mm -hmm. then, uh, just some people that kind of like want to look good naked. Yeah. Yeah. So, a couple of the aesthetic. Yep. Yep. Um, so that's a fun one. Cause it's always like, it's going to be like, you know, 80% what you eat. Like, you know, you can pretty much whatever you're going to do work out as long as it's done well. You're going to get muscle, but we need to be able to see it. <laughs> yeah, exa yeah, exactly. It's um, And that's always super fun, too, because like with the corrective people, like you're limited to a base of stuff you can get. And then mm -hmm. if it's an athlete, then you're like, okay, well, they need to be able to do this, this, and this. But if it's uh, Billy Bob down the street that's just trying to, you know, look good for his old lady... It's like, okay, now we can start to play some games. Like, yeah. As long as you're eating well, you know, you come in here, I'll run you through this, this, and this. As long as you don't have, like, if he wants, like, bigger arms, obviously we'll do more arm work. Right. But it's like, yeah, I'll run you through this squat complex that's super crazy. Yeah. They're okay you with get, it. So. Have some fun with it. Right, because yeah, exactly. it's, it's not, there's no specific need necessarily biomechanically or from a conditioning standpoint or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. It's more about. You can man, come on in. You show me those compressions. <laughs> um, but so you would say most of them right now are corrective work. A couple yeah. athletes. Any general fitness? Anything like that? Um, they're they're a lower number than athletes. I would okay. say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When ideally you would like to have more athletes. Yes. Definitely. And that's predominantly what you want to deal with. Yeah. A lot of the um, the corrective people that I train. Um, they're not as bad off as they were. They're kind of fed into the classes. Like uh, the owner of the gym, like if he gets somebody who's like super jacked up and like they're in pain all the time, they can't move at all, he'll work with them. And then yeah. once he's like, okay, you know, you can move fairly well, try hopping into a class, see what that's like. Oh, okay. They'll do that. And then I'm like, okay, you're, you can move. You're not dead. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But um, yeah, long term, more athletic based clients. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm okay working with the corrective crowd right now though. So what, what types of things do you do with, with the corrective people? Like if you, I know it's very nuanced and very complicated, yeah, yeah. but if you could best sum it up or, you know, give a little synopsis of it. Okay. Okay. That's actually fascinating. So <clears throat> we are based off of principles. Uh, it's called the triple chain theory, which is okay. from, so chain one is shoulder to hand. Okay. Chain two is shoulder to hip, and then mm -hmm. chain three is from hip to foot. Uh, we find ways to connect those chains through okay. uh, fascial linings or like, I guess some people would consider it like chi, energy flow. Interesting. Hippie shit. Using um, meridian lines? Um, I haven't touched on that personally. Honestly, I'm not as smart as a trainer as some people are. But I was uh, curious. Yeah, I, I don't I will know much about it other than from acupuncture. I will definitely check into it. Um, uh -huh. We have had people that will come in, and so we'll do, we'll play around. A lot of stuff we'll do. Um, if we do movements from planks, we'll have people. Um, come in and we'll do a downward dog position pulling into a plank mm -hmm. and there's sometimes people are just like you'll hear their spine crack and they're mm -hmm. like oh that's the same pop i get when i go to my my chiropractor and it's like well now you're starting to use a little bit more of your lower core to help you pull the pelvis into position so mm -hmm. it's releasing some of that pressure and they're just like what and it's like yeah like you you, you can adjust yourself without like external help not knocking chiropractors by any chance right um 
yeah so we go based off of that but it's like finding connectedness and showing people how to use their whole body in certain stuff I so know a lot of movement a lot of big tons of movement okay. yeah we do um like we still do we still do the big three we don't bench nearly as much as some yeah. other gyms do i uh, use the term traditional that's just because that's i the, feel like that's a fair yeah, traditional yeah yeah weightlifting so, yep. yeah yeah so we don't touch on those as much i mean we we do a ton of squats and then a ton of deadlifts mm -hmm. but we wouldn't necessarily warm up the same way somebody else would warm up i know it sounds kind of like vague what do you mean can you can um, elaborate so we have baseline three drills that we'll set people up on mm -hmm. those baseline three drills um okay so one of them would be we call toe taps and it's li literally just a hinge position okay and then you literally tap your toes i know it sounds so ridiculous but this helps them prime uh so yeah. we'll have them do stuff with their arms whether it be behind their back um, once they're in that hinge position uh, the idea of it is every time they pull their toe up it's not a game of just pulling the toe up so you're working like the front of your leg it's pushing the heel down yeah and that push kind of lengthening the hamstring over that yes okay. yes indeed and then what we'll find is like of course everybody feels something a little bit different mm -hmm. um but you're getting anyone that's like you're doing something there and like i feel this in my shoulder yeah dude i get that all the time it's oh so man weird. oh like, it's yeah. okay yeah just play it off like because i'm like okay i have no idea what's going on right now we're gonna try and figure this out that's me 90 percent of the time i'm just like <laughs> all right let's uh let's ride this one yeah. out champ um yeah. so yeah we'll have them do stuff like that and then one of the crowd favorites is uh something we call like a's and v's which is similar to like if you were to lay on your back and then raise your heels above your hips like okay. like a 90 degree angle yeah and all you do is have them rotate um, that rotation kicks 90% of people's asses. One, just holding the legs up, yeah. but two, getting that rotation deep in the hip socket kind of opens things up over time. Mm -hmm. um, the main game with that though, is I know a lot of um, fitness trends kind of focus on spinal position. Yeah, We, in our eyes, a neutral spine is a long spine. So it's mm -hmm. actually less of a curve, like less of a natural curve than what most people see. So when we have people lay on their back, we'll actually encourage them to push their low back into the earth, mm -hmm. kind of like taking With a pelvic tuck or like a yeah. So like keeping the tailbone down into the the oh, floor, okay. but like lengthening out, and that's ninety percent of everything that we do. Yeah, and um, whether that be fitting into front squats, back squats, kettlebell squats, deadlifts, whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. They kind of play around positions like that. Okay. I did honestly lose track of the original question. No, you're good. So okay, you cool. use um, you use movement warm ups like that. You said you use some of the big three. Like what other modalities um, do you incorporate with your movement? Is it mostly body weight? Do you use some bands, kettlebells, clubs, dumbbells? Uh, what, uh, yeah. So we we have dumbbells, but honestly, they get kind of dusty because we don't mess with them. A ton. Okay. Uh, I would say kettlebells and yeah. barbells are the top two things we use. Okay. Uh, we use a ton of slide boards. Like oh, the, yeah. yeah. Like what you, yeah. So we use a ton of slide boards and then the resistance bands come in every so often. And okay. we have some med balls that we do some okay, pretty that's another one, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. All right, so what do you, so those are for more corrective. Um, what about just general fitness? It's probably more goal dependent, right? It's just like, yeah, so, um, like you said, if he wants to look good, then we'll do some crazy bodybuilding shit. Exactly, so that kind of falls in, uh, to one of the other principles that I was taught. So I wasn't given the principles in a uh, 
kind of like, here, this is what we're going to learn today. Yeah. It was kind of tossed at me. Yeah. And then I had to learn almost on my own how to adjust it. And then from there, like, once I came to him with a question, he would be like, oh, okay, that's good. Now you finally understand this enough to, to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Let's kind of set up a hierarchy with these things. Um, so one of the main things that I do, like, I see it all the time. Like, people will go, like, uh, lower, body, lower body, upper body splits. Like, to us, all movements are virtually the same. Yeah. So like I'll go into a bench press. To me, structurally, a bench press is almost the exact same as a squat. It's a full body. Everything's yes. engaged. If you're if you choose to make it that. But yeah. Yeah. I, I I would say from even from a powerlifting standpoint, right? You want to recruit as much muscle as put as much force. Same mm -hmm. thing with just anyone where you should treat it. Now there's cases where not, if you're just trying to isolate, sure. But in general, yeah, to move the weight, you want to engage yep. as much muscle. I get you. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, well, like, it would help more with athletics and corrective and stuff like that because you're starting to learn the whole body. Mm -hmm. um, it can fall in, I guess, to a certain degree. I personally haven't touched it out. Like, I'm not a super big guy. Mm -hmm. But, um, like, some bodybuilding moves, what we'll find is, like, uh, we'll have some people come in and they're like, man, my upper back's lit. And it's like, I'm starting to feel my upper back and this, this, and this. So in my mind, um, teaching a bodybuilder to understand those pathways of how they can get that, I guess, mind-muscle connection yeah. um, could help them in their game. Yeah. So I personally haven't trained a bodybuilder, but I could see where it would be beneficial at. Okay. Yeah. So so like, let's we'll use that example. Someone that... Um wants that, that they come in and their goal is all about, I want, I got to get the beach muscles. Um, do you educate them at all or, or do you just sneak in movement? Do you do movement with them? Do you do any of that? Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, we, no matter what their goal is, we kind of, uh, we slide in our base three pencil, like no matter who comes in, we always run them through the okay, assessment. So that's our, the anchor to your yeah, system. Our assessment is the base three, and yeah. then we plug those in literally at least once in every workout. Okay. Whether it be like A's and V's for a minute, in between squats or toe taps yeah. or uh, bulldogs, which is a like a upper body drill, I guess you could see. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll kind of like tag those in along. But from there, we can still like I can build. I can build a whole squat workout based off of just squats and A's and B's and then yeah. give you all of the movement stuff around there. Okay. Um, but yeah, just kind of like adding variety and making sure that they're still getting stimulated. Yeah. That makes so you, you train, I want to touch on this before I forget, you train yeah. pretty much every day you treat as a full body day. Is yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. So my... You don't, we don't really do a split up or lower or even more so chest day, back day. Yeah. yeah. So okay. that's really weird. I um, During the quarantine, I did... Um, so my shoulder, I've had surgery on both shoulders. I dislocated oh, okay. both of them, yeah. tore the labrums. Same. Got double labrum tear. I haven't been yeah. cut on though. I I'm, have arguments with doctors all the time. I told them. Yeah. I don't so need at the more. time, like I thought that's what I needed because yeah. I was still kind of young-minded. Uh, and you know, I messed up. I went through it. It was kind of rough. Right. It is what it is. It's what you're told. It's what you're conditioned. And yeah, sometimes yeah. it's necessary, but more exactly. often than not, I feel it's it's overdrawn. But yeah, man. Anyway. Um, but yeah, my shoulders are always super janky. So one thing that I wanted to do was play around with my uh, scapular rhythm and mm -hmm. how it would slide around my rib cage. Hmm. And I was doing barbell movements. So I was doing the traditional, like the big three yeah. um, up until that. And obviously, because I couldn't go to the gym, I was like, 
I'll just take a bunch of heavy ass kettlebells home. Okay. So that's what I did. And um, I had already worked with kettlebells, but it gave me more of a chance to like really dive into them. Yeah. So I started doing that and I was like, okay, well I can get into a lot of overhead pressing, but I didn't like floor presses as much. So I was okay. like, I'll just do a fuck ton of pushups. So yeah. I think in the month of April, I did like 1800 pushups. Wow. And um, how many I, days is that? Uh, it was, so I rested on Sundays. It was a hundred Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then 50 Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Okay. Wow. Um, but yeah, like spaced out throughout the day or did you just do them in sets? I would do them in sets. Yeah. So no, actually I had that reverse. It was a hundred Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Cause those are my workout days. And okay. then when I get off work Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I would just bust them out. Okay. So I started playing games with like, so I would do stuff like 10 sets of 10, uh, five sets of 20 or something like that. But like with my Monday, Wednesday, Friday, even though I would consider it like a rest day for the 50 pushups, yeah. I would test myself to see how long I could go without taking a break. So it was ideally just like as many reps as possible. Okay. And um, that way it still kind of, it gave me a little something, you know, you get done with a like eight, 10 hour shift. Right. Last thing you want to do is go home and do pushups. So. Yeah. I don't know, man. See, I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. I, I'm always ready to do something. Yeah, yeah. But I'm a psychopath sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you, you like full body for everything. Um, what do you do with someone that like wants the bro split? Um, do you let them have it? Do you kind of give them the pseudo? So, if somebody did come in, um, or maybe you don't have I, that yet. Maybe you I would. Uh, yeah. So I haven't had a ton of it yet because okay. most of the people are referred to us. Mm -hmm. um, but I do have some friends that come in and they're like, "Yeah, well, I want to do this, this, and this." And it's like, "Okay, well, let me see you get done with the squat workout, and then we'll see mm -hmm. how you feel." So here's the kicker. So if I, so like, let's say they, they go through through their front squats and they're like, "Well, you know, I want to, I want to work core today." And it's like, "Okay, well, we're gonna work core today." Yeah. So the game that I would play in between front squats would be some sort of planks plank something or yeah um well, i mean front squat itself <laughs> a, yeah, that's a core buster for for me especially that's uh, for my front court that, that wrecks me yeah. yeah it's almost like <clears throat> the first time i came close to throwing up from pure abdominal compression was front squat yeah and it was that was a shit show but um but yeah so you'll front squat and then throw them yep and then like we'll do stuff um even if they like if they're like well i want to do something for my upper back i would play a game like we have a, a four minute squat game where it's uh 20 seconds on 20 seconds off but mm -hmm. they stay in a double rack position oh, okay so what we'll do is like throughout that workout like a, in their warm-up we will get them to uh draw the shoulders down and then let them feel what it is to wrap that scap around so a lot of it's like lat serratus mm -hmm. combo and then without telling them that that's going to prime them for the squat will allow them to run through these so whether it be the warm-up or we like do something with the warm-up and then like i call it the meat and potatoes of the workout which is like the main portion yeah um we'll pair it in with that and then we won't pair it in at the end but their body has already started to like pick it up okay and then they're like why are, why is my upper back burning so bad during the squat and it's like you're you starting it already yeah you're starting to learn right now yeah um yeah and i guess that like not to segue too much but uh like me being like a mentor and or like I love teaching people. Yeah. So that pushes it in. So like we'll uh, we'll have people come in and they'll want to learn more about movement. Mm -hmm. And there's times like as a coach, because I it's almost like lackadaisical. Like I'm just like, eh, let me see you do this. Yeah. They'll do it, and then like I like, especially if it's a bodyweight movement or like low weight, I will purposefully let them mess up. Yeah. And then after you know a set or two, they're still messing up. I'm giving my cues, and then I'll go in and correct it, and I'll let them like 
how does that you can feel that obvious difference and then they're like Absolutely. oh shit yeah and then at that point it's not um i'm teaching you how to do just this movement mm -hmm. i'm now teaching you how to learn to yeah. listen to your body and i feel like awareness is the number one. Oh, it's that, huge yeah i'm the same way yeah i I'll let people do something wrong. Like, hey, try try doing this with that. Uh, does that feel any different to you and stuff like that? And mm -hmm. and most of the time, they'll they'll feel what I'm looking for. Sometimes we have to work a little bit more. But yeah. uh, I I like to educate. I always tell my clients, look, I'm probably gonna talk your ear off and tell you everything. If you want me to shut up, that's fine. I'm very passionate about this, so I like teaching. And most of them are like, no, I, I want to learn because yep. to me too, the ultimate goal is like, you know what? I kind of want to get you to a point where you don't even need me. Yes. It's like it's like. You know, yeah, for certain things, it's it's it is better. It's a better workout to have a trainer. Almost always, it's a better workout. But you know, financially, sometimes time-wise, things like that, life's crazy. Yeah, if I, I'd be more than happy if I could get you to be like, hey, um, you know, I loved working with you, but uh, I think I'm gonna start doing this on my own. I feel like I've learned a lot. Awesome. Yeah. Check in with me if you need, but go do your thing. That's yep. awesome. That's exactly yeah. it. So, some people like when I tell them that they're like, "Isn't that counterproductive?" And it's like, uh, you know what? It, not really, because like to me, my job is to teach people mm -hmm. and make them move better, right? And be independent. So yeah. it's like to me, if they're leaving because of that, that's perfectly fine with me. They, I did my job. I taught them exactly. They're, they're good. To and go. now you got an opening to to do someone else, so you can impact more people. Right. Exactly. So now it gives me a chance to like outreach a little bit more, and it's like even if they can do that on their own and they still come back to me, that just lets me know that they enjoy my training and yeah. they enjoy the time at the gym. So it's to me, that's that's a damn good trainer. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so what about athletes? What kind of things would typically, again, I know there's really not typically, but. Um, so a lot, of, so we'll have, we have a ton of like wide receivers, running backs, cornerback safeties that come in. Mm -hmm. um, we deal with like a lot of linemen as well. The okay. number one thing that I see in almost all athletes is a is that posterior pelvic tilt, where the like the duck butt I call it. Oh, the butt wink or yeah, the, yeah, yeah. There's like, a lot of names it's for like it. They're, uh, they're, so that yeah, like their tailbone's almost like. Oh, like you're saying the sway back when they stand, or are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, like they'll. Come okay, in, I they'll thought come maybe you were saying the butt wink when they squat. Oh no, no. Okay, like, they'll have almost like a hyperextended low back. I see. Yeah, I call it sway back or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's pretty catchy. I'm not yeah. mad at that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they'll come in and like their shit's wrecked. And most of the time they come in nine times out of ten, it's a hamstring issue. Yeah. And then they're like, well, you know, uh, my knee does this or my shoulder does this. And then they're like, well, I went to the doctor and he did all these drills for my shoulder or my knee, and um nothing's working and mm -hmm. they sent us here so what happens is like i feel like a lot of doctors not knocking doctors but right. like a lot of doctors oh, i knock doctors all the time yeah <laughs> <laughs> they'll they'll look at the tree they don't look at the forest mm -hmm. so when we yes. have people come in yeah we try to look at the forest and then a lot of it is issues that we see in the low back and then it stems out from everything else so when we light their core up and get their spine nice and long and adjust that low back mm -hmm. through our baseline three, then they're like, oh, damn, it doesn't hurt my knee when I squat anymore. Yeah. That's so strange. And it's like, you know what? Do your thing, bud. Yeah. You're good. So, uh, yeah, you get them to use the hamstrings and glutes. That's a, I see 90% of my general fitness is back pain, and it's almost always hamstring and glute lack of firing, so you're stealing range of motion from the back, and that's why you have that. I mean, the, that lumbo-pelvic region is our center of mass, so it's already going to take the most of the force anyway. Yep. Um, and, you know, things like sedentary lifestyle, sitting a lot. We sit on our back posterior chain lower muscles. We don't use them. The back takes all the stress. Yeah, I see that a lot. And mm -hmm. like you said, it's, it's getting them to be not only stronger but aware of how to use that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So, um, but with athletes, we would have them obviously do a little bit more explosive drills. Mm -hmm. uh, would be some sort of jumping, deadlifting, or um, some sort. A lot of our squatting related stuff is front squats. Mm -hmm. um, right now, what I've seen the past few years, we prefer front squats over back squats, mainly yeah. just because it allows us to let that scap like wrap around the rib cage. And uh, we see a lot of people are like up and back with their shoulders. Yeah. So it's almost like we were pulling them down and forward. Yeah. Um, but, like we'll do some sort of strength related stuff and then we only build on strength related stuff when people move well. So once we're like, um, it's the hierarchy system. So it's the movement yeah. strength performance. I mean, biomechanics is the foundation. Yes. Without quality movement, you're, you're setting yourself up for more uh, injury than progress, yeah. I think, I think at least. I but. had one kid, um, he played football for a high school that I'm not gonna mention, but they were <laughs> back squatting and they had, um, they were box squatting. Uh -huh. And he's like, yeah, the coach just told us to like flop down, just land on it. And I was like, please. <laughs> Never do that. Right. So like, while box squatting isn't one of the things that we cover a ton, I did have to run them through some drills, and I was like, this is ideally what a box squat. Yeah. Be. Well, like, you got to teach them if that's what their program's gonna do. Then you want to teach them the best way to yeah, do it. Exactly. Whether or not you agree that that's good, they're gonna be doing it. Why not make it as effective as you can? Right. Like here, just let me go ahead and make sure you don't break your back. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're you could still compete after this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I get you. Yeah, I would. I would agree that the front squat is probably overall more effective for more things from an athletic standpoint and should be learned before any back squatting. Um, I think that the back squatting is sort of a final progression um, in, in the scheme of that. Yeah, and then you can... I've seen people move some serious weight front squatting, but like yeah. for absolute strength, I think back, back squatting, squatting is better. Um, oh yep. my goodness, yeah. And I love it, dude. Oh, I love back squatting. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I haven't back squatted in months. Yeah. Most of my squatting has been uh, kettlebells. So it's okay. like whether it be a goblet, uh, I do like bottoms up or uh, double rack. Double mm -hmm. rack is probably like the closest thing you would get to a squat, like a heavy barbell squat, but yeah. even then it still mimics like a front squat position. So. No, the, the front squat in my experience, it's, it's been uh, tricky to get people who've, who've never done it to get in the habit of it, especially the, just the front rack position. Sometimes, yeah. um, you know, tight lats, multiple things, but just like not being able to get that range. What, what, what are things that you do um, to lead up to that? So let's say you got someone um, I always start with like a goblet or a kettlebell prisoner squat or something, um, mm -hmm. but they've kind of got that down and they start trying to get into it and they can't quite, because it's a common issue. So I'd like to know what your yeah, approach so is. Yeah, so we have some people, if it's like joint related, we're like, we have some people that have like arthritis that's really bad in their wrists mm -hmm. or elbows. Uh, we have straps. That okay, you can so you do like, the straps so you don't have to get as much yeah, range. Yeah, exactly. So we'll just have them use the straps. And then for some people that's like, it's not joint related, but they're just like, damn, like it's really tight. Like it's hard to get in there. Um, instead of doing, cause we don't do a ton of like passive stretching. A lot okay. of our stuff is really More active movement. Yep. So yeah. we'll, um, we'll do stuff like we'll take, we have like lead pipes at the gym, not mm -hmm. lead pipes, but like steel ones. Yeah. And they're maybe two pounds if that, but the game that we'll have them play. So like we squat in a position that we call W footing. Uh, everything we do is based off of 45 degree movements. Okay. Uh, so it's basically like a toes out, similar like yeah. a power lifting type thing. Mm -hmm. um, in, do you, I don't want to take you too off, but that's fine. with that, so you always try and fit them into that or yeah. what if someone comes in and they just, 
they like squatting with the you go let me see your squat and everything's good the only thing you notice is my toes are straight ahead no so like um what we'll do because we work on the principles uh we will teach them the w-footed squat not that like they come into our gym and they're like well we can't we're not squatting with your toes ahead yeah. but like we will we'll teach them the squat from the w footing so we can let them feel the differences between the okay. two and then like if for some reason they feel more comfortable doing that you're more than welcome to gotcha but most of the work that we'll do like most of the work we'll do this goes back to getting those hamstrings and glutes to light up more mm -hmm. we've found that like from an up top position like without the hinge um just standing in the w will help light the the, the glutes and uh, hammies up a lot more okay and i think another thing that adds into that is like when we're squatting and our deadlifts like at the top of a movement we never lock out so there's always like a soft lockout yeah there's always that slight knee bend yeah and i think that like one, it gets a little bit more of a muscle burn going because it's time under tension, but people are just like, oh, I'm starting to feel like, I'm starting to feel my butt a little bit more yeah. on the squats. So that helps a lot. Um, oh, back to the rack position game. Yeah. So we'll have them do like a slow motion clean mm -hmm. or like we'll have them drag the bar up their body and then allow the shoulder to wrap around. And then we'll almost play the game of like, um, not forcing, but like letting their musculature learn the motion of how their arm should wrap around. Mm -hmm. um, and then sometimes we'll have them do front squats with that light bar, and then we'll put a yoga block in between their elbows. Because a lot of times, like people's elbows are like super way out. Yeah. So that squeeze in kind of puts them into a better position. I gotcha. Do you guys use a lot of cleans or Olympic lifts or anything? Um, barbell wise, we don't. Or kettlebell. Uh. Kettlebells we do a little bit more of. Barbells we don't do a ton of. There's a few Olympic lifters that come in. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's an Olympic lifting club that will be using the gym okay. uh, soon, but I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, like we'll have Olympic lifters come in. Yeah. That is definitely not my forte. Like okay. I've done it in high school a handful yeah. of times. Um, the head of the gym did a shit ton of weightlifting stuff. Um, he's networked a ton as far as like what he would do with that. Um, but like, but your clients, you don't typically use it. Much. Yeah. Not a ton. Mainly like if it's an athlete, like I had one kid come in, he's like, yeah, well he had just switched schools and he's like, yeah, they're going to test us on a max power clean tomorrow. Like okay. I've never power cleaned before. And I was like, all right, like, yeah. <laughs> let's go. So it was basically me trying to show him my two cents of it and how to stay in structure. But only because he was required externally. Not, yes. not because, okay. Yeah. Personally, I'm not a big fan of Olympic lifting for anything but Olympic lifting. Yeah. Um, um, but I was just curious to get your take on that. Um, so yeah, I got your athletes. What about what about you? What else? You kind of told us a little bit over quarantine, but uh, what things have you done that you liked that you didn't like, and then what? Where again? What more of where you're at now as far as your personal training, your own self? Um, for a long time, I was really into the bench squat deadlift. Uh, okay, I was so powerlifting. Yes, I was super into powerlifting yeah. for a long time. Um, everything that I did training-wise was surrounded around one of those three. Okay. Um, so you did like almost a, a west side big three and accessories to help my big three. That's exactly okay. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had first started finding stuff on YouTube. Uh, I feel like a lot of people our age kind of watched. Yep. 
a little bit more YouTube than they should have. But uh, yeah, if, it's, I, if it's for productive stuff, I don't see why not. But you know what? It's, it's I, what you watch. Yeah. It's not. That's yeah. exactly to true. me. That's to me at least. But yeah. yeah. I well, I guess I had spent a lot of time learning from like the first YouTuber that I really fell into was Elliot Hulse. Okay. Yeah. I'm familiar. Yeah. Man. Uh, dude. He's an interesting dude. Yeah, definitely. So like, he was a lot of the strongman powerlifting stuff that I got into, and yeah. then I never, I never really stuck to a bodybuilding routine. But some of the stuff, I was like, okay, you know, I like a little arm pump or a little back yeah. pump, do something. Oh, yeah. uh, so Chris Absolutely. Jones from uh, what is it? He sounds familiar. Uh, but. It's Pump Chasers now. I think it was a. Uh, like beast mode something oh, yeah, I can't I yeah but he's a bodybuilder and okay uh, those were my, like my first two so for a long time i did that never got any training um still to this day i've actually never been trained by an actual power lifter okay. like at some point i might have to dive into that yeah um but before i did my internship at breakthrough I was doing uh, Mark Ripito's starting strength oh okay yeah yeah so i was one. yeah i was really diving into that a ton um and by no means did I hit any fascinating numbers. Like, they're really novice. But uh, I had started to experience, like, the pain of chasing a number instead of chasing structure. Yeah. So, like, my knees were killing me. My shoulder was hurting. You're getting all the, the itises. Yeah. And I was like, shit, what is happening right now? And then, um, yeah. So, it was, it was a ton of that. And then once I got into Breakthrough, like, they're, at the commercial gym I was at, they had, like, literally four kettlebells. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I'll do swings with these, I guess, because that's the only thing I knew how to do. And then once I got into Breakthrough, they had a whole wall of kettlebells, and I was like, huh, what is this? And then literally for like the last two years, like while barbells are still incorporated, more, mainly for like front squats or deadlifts, mm -hmm. I've been playing a shit ton with kettlebells. Okay. And um, I don't know, it's just so much more fascinating to me right now than barbells are. Yeah. And I think it's just because I played with barbells for so long. Yeah. Um, kettlebells is kind of like my new toy. I get you. Uh, yeah. Gets me excited. What, uh, is there anything you're training for? Like, what's your goal? What's your goal right yeah, now? Yeah, so I don't have anything that I'm training for, and I really feel like I need to. Okay. Um, the past two years has literally been like, how do I understand these movements that we do to a, a level so deep that I can explain it to a client better? Mm -hmm. So, like, Self-experimentation. Yes, and it's to, been yeah. a ton. I have did stuff where like it was a month-long squat journey or like a three-month, um, like while I was on my weight loss journey, I was doing rowing. Mm -hmm. And um, we would do, you know, most people would do their seated on the, uh, I think it's called an erg, the Concept 2 rowers. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, they would do theirs seated, but for a long time, we, we still do it now, we'll actually anchor our rowers down and we'll have people stand up and row. Interesting. Yes. And uh, that's an ass kicker. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But um, is it, do you treat it like a sort of a combo RDL, like compound row, or is it just standing? Or what? So it's similar. So you, you would hinge in, in it, or do you? Yeah, just, you would hinge, but okay. at the same time, like you would squat. So it's like a hinge squat game. Uh, I guess in short, the way that I like to think of it is I, we take the horizontal force mm -hmm. and we use our stack to like snap it vertical. Okay. And then making that transfer is probably the easiest cue that I give for people. But I call it a compound row, but like I'll do it with bands or something. So I start here and I finish up top. Is this yes. something like that? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Very similar yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, so we'll do stuff like that. And then um, it's just learning a ton because to me, there's no perfect squat. Like there's ideal movements, mm -hmm. but there's no perfection in any right. one of those. Oh, I always say they, you know, everyone's 
good is the enemy of great. And I'm like, well, so is perfect. Because if you're chasing that all the time, you can't appreciate the stuff you're actually making. Exactly. And nothing's going to be perfect because there is no. Exactly. You know. And it's like my game is like constantly chasing uh, different sensations. Okay. So like most of the time people will go through a squat. Like a lot of the times we'll have people come in and we'll, they'll go through squats and they're like, man, my quads are lit. It's like, okay. I'm not mad at that. And then a month later, like, man, my glutes and hammies are killing me, but my quads don't feel anymore. It's like, oh, my upper back. Like, to me, glutes, hammies, upper back, core, those are our main, mm -hmm. like, uh, entry points, I would say. Yeah. But for me, I was going through, like, I would squat every day, and I just wanted to feel something different, whether okay. it be more pull from my lat, more reach through my serratus, uh, pulling from the heels to light my hammies and glutes up. Uh, now, was that... You just trying to, were you using different variations of the movement or were you just trying to engage differently in the same movement or um, both maybe? So it was, a, it was a good mixture of everything. Okay. Uh, I was spending like super long days there. Uh, there was a while, uh, even while like when I first started training, I didn't have a ton of like classes to coach. So like mm -hmm. I would coach a class and then there'd be like a six hour break. So like I would like, I would work out and then what I would do is like, I would try to network. I would try to like reach out on social media and just kind of like brand myself. And then I would do two a days. So some days I'd get there early. I would do my own workout and then I would actually do the classes workout beforehand. Oh, wow. It's like, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna coach this class, like if I'm gonna coach this workout because everything is so detail oriented and we work on sensations and feelings, I wanna take a feeling that I get and then compare it to other people. But at the same time, if they're starting to understand that or like they're, t they're tapping into that sensation, I already want to have on hand like, oh, I know what you're feeling. Let's see what other cues I can give them so they can feel it on a deeper level. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't put anyone through anything I haven't tried myself and, and mostly haven't not mastered. I don't want to use that term that sounds arrogant, but at least gotten a really good understanding of because again, be able to, oh, I remember how that felt for me in that position and I remember what I did. Let's see if that works for them. Maybe it will, maybe it won't, but you get somewhere at least. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. Yeah, you don't want to be that guy that's just like, I've never done this before, but I'm about to jack you up. Right. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Gone through the, like I was always a heavy set kid. Mm -hmm. I was always me picked too. on ridiculously growing up. Uh, high school, I was still kind of chubby, but I was like, more muscular chubby you know like a lineman build Good. Uh, not having a lot like i felt like i needed to finish it mm -hmm. and i still kind of have that mentality like if there's a pizza like there's part of me that's like you know i'm just gonna go ahead and eat this yeah. whole thing but um yeah so i started playing around with portion control and then i found ways to make stuff easier like uh, have you read um atomic habits by james clear nope it's a fantastic book okay. but he talks about uh habit control and um making and breaking good and bad habits. Yeah. So one thing that I found was like, I need to find consistency, but I didn't mm. know how to go through it. So I was like, I have time in the morning before class. What can I do? Mm. So I would eat a bowl of cereal. And while cereal is not the greatest choice, it was like, it was consistent. So over time I was like, I started to make eggs. And I was like, okay, because I like my eggs scrambled. Uh -huh. And I know this sounds like a really long-winded answer. But no, you're like, fine, go, um, give me as much detail. So like, I was like, okay, well, I'll scramble eggs. And I was like putting ham and cheese in there. And I was like doing like like omelets and all that happy doodah shit. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I need more, I need more veggies. I need more greens. I yeah. just want to feel better overall because I still was feeling really bad. Uh -huh. And I found fried eggs. Like I've never fried eggs in my life okay. about a year ago. <laughs> 
And then I found out, I was like, oh, well, I don't have to dirty up another bowl because I don't have to mix the eggs. I can just crack them right in the thing. Yeah. So like I started getting my spinach. I'd pre-wash it. Instead of dicing it, I used my shears to cut it. And okay. what it was is all this uh, small building blocks to making a healthier breakfast habit super easy in the morning. Yeah. So it got to the point where like my pan would already be clean. I would have a small plate. I would do my three to four eggs, a shit ton of spinach, and then I would eat it with wheat toast. And that was that. Okay. And it was like 15, 20 minutes right there. All I had to clean was the plate and the skillet, and then I'd be good for the next morning. Yeah. Um, so little changes like that started to dawn. And then I started to see it in my workouts. And then like vice versa, I started seeing some of the changes in my workouts because at this time I was at Breakthrough. Mm. Oh, so you were heavy for part of your training career. Yeah. Okay. So it was like, well, my, my internship, and then like I started to like really like die down a lot. Yeah. And then um, once I started getting down, back down to like the 245, 250 mark, I was like, man, I'm actually doing pretty decent. Cause at this point I had been down 30 to 35 pounds and I'd yeah. never lost that much mainly cause I was never that big. Yeah. But, um, I was like, fuck man, I'm kind of on a roll right now. So Maybe. when were you at your biggest at 285? What, where that were was, where were you in your career? That life, was whatever? right before I grew, that was a year before I graduated college. Okay, so, I was, so you hadn't started the internship yet. No, I had not started an internship yet, but I did know for a fact I wanted to train people. Gotcha. And in my mind, I honestly didn't realize I was that big. Oh, okay. And I have a separate story for that. Um, okay. But yeah, so what, like, well, I'll hop into that now. So one day after um, rehab, I came home. And I had my shirt off and I walked into the, the bathroom and I happened to look over and I seen stretch marks from like my armpit all the way down to my hip. Oh yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and that's when I realized like in that short span, I put on 35 pounds and okay. I was like, man, this is rough. And then like, not that I was repulsed by myself, but I realized like, that's when I needed to start making changes, which yeah. is where like, you know, um, the eating more consistent breakfasts every mm -hmm. morning kind of kicked in. Um, so, Stuff like that, uh, the, it's the little building blocks that helped me. Um, yeah. So you then, okay, you're back to 35, 40 pounds down. Yes. Where so, are you? You're at Breakthrough? Yep. Okay. I'm at Breakthrough. I'm an intern. Okay. I'm still dropping some weight. And then from there, what happens is uh, I ask him if I can get hired on after I graduate. And then that's when he pre proceeds to tell me, you know, we're a private gym. Uh, right now, we cannot feed you the clients because all of our trainers kind of had their own thing. You have to bring in your own clientele. I had no marketing base. All I did was work 40 hours a week, go to school full time, and mm -hmm. do what I could. Um, so I was like, all right, that hurt just a little bit, but yeah. I understood. I was like, okay, that's fine. I still would like to learn from you. And he's like, yeah, whenever you're more than welcome to always come up. So in that time, I kept fucking grinding. Yeah. So like I was still reading as much as I could, still watching as much as I could. I was training my ass off in the three months span or whatever. I was still watching it. And it's not like I was trying to lose as much weight as fast as I could, but I was trying to learn as much as I could while losing some weight here and there. Yeah. Because my end goal is like, I don't want to look better. I just want to feel better. Uh -huh. So looking better to me is just kind of like a plus down the line. Absolutely. Um, but when he got a hold of me for the gym, that was even more of a reason for me to go hard. So like my workouts then started to ramp those even up more. And mm -hmm. then like I started to replace some of my snacks. So instead of bringing like a sandwich, I would bring like nuts and fruits. Mm -hmm. um, because most of the, some, some of the days, like I would have super long days, but like my breakfast was already big and my dinner was already big. So mm -hmm. I was like, I really don't need a big lunch, like just something that's gonna hold me off. So making little changes like that helped me. And then 
I want to say maybe once I got down to like 225, 230, that's when I realized I was like, I think I can literally lose 100 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. And so you like, ultimately did, right? Yeah. So I hit the goal of 185 and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do this. And people were like, I don't know, man, maybe like 2, 205, 210 would be good for you. And I was like, no, like, I'm doing 185. And they're like, yeah. why? And it's like, because, because I fucking said I would. And mm. I feel like there's a ton of uh, just like energy and power to actually going through with the actions mm -hmm. of saying that you would. So to build on that, to amplify that, when I was in my last like 10 to 15 pounds before I hit my 185 goal, mm -hmm. I was rowing every single workout, whether it be standing or seated. So like I would finish my workout and then I would row 2000 meters right wow. there. Yeah. And it was, it was me. And that was for months. Cause like the last few months of me losing weight, like I was having a hard time because you know, it was around the holidays. So I was like, mm -hmm. fuck man, whatever. But like I kept telling myself, I was like, just do it. Like, I don't give a shit. I don't care when I do it as long as I do it. Mm. And then um, almost giving myself that, that base of like, when I tell you I'm going to do it, I do it. And to me, that's just like this, like a dog mentality. Like, yeah. let's go, let's go, game on. And um, I don't know, that kind of just motivated me. Okay. Yeah. And so you got down. Uh, what did that feel like when you finally did it? Oh, Man, uh, I still remember it. It was the... How long ago was that? You were 185, you got down. That was the beginning of this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. So this is a recent journey. Right um, on. I've recently picked up some weight. Yeah. I don't mind though. Cause yeah. like, I understand my eating habits a little bit more. And to me, getting stronger at 185 was gonna become a little bit more difficult. Mm. Cause like at 185, I was feeling like, during my workouts, cause I was working out so much at the time, I was like, fuck. Like, yeah. This is tough. No, I understand that. I, I did my, not as much as you, but I went from about 260 to 190 and I was playing rugby at the time and I started to get to a point where I was like, I'm getting slower, but I'm lighter. This doesn't make sense. And my energy was, and I was getting hurt all the time. Oh man. And I fucking, I looked in the mirror. I was like, hell yeah, this is awesome. But it felt like shit half the day. Yep. And so I get that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it gets I, to a point of. Performance over aesthetic for me. Exactly. Yeah. And um, so I wanted to put on a little bit more weight because of quarantine. Like I have a sugar tooth, like a sweet tooth. Yeah. So like, I'm uh, I'm sitting about five pounds heavier than ideally I would like to be. Yeah. But like to me, it's but like, you understand it. Yeah. You know why, and you take responsibility. For exactly. It, right? So yeah. I'm not like beating the hell out of myself. Yeah. And um, that's one thing that I talk to clients about. And um, I know on the podcast with John, he had mm -hmm. talked about like, like telling clients like, don't just drop everything to right. go onto a diet just change one thing here and there that's yeah. the, that's the first thing i tell them. i'm like dude just drink more water and get this many steps in every right day. i tell them would you rather get down and real quick in a month and then go right back up or would you rather take a year but then be able to keep that for the next five to ten at least and you know exactly it's like yeah it's it's about the for me my approach is more about the long game now prepping for a body don't show a different animal prepping for a fight, maybe different animal, things like yep. that. There's different, but for general health, it's like, you got plenty of time. Right. Let's, let's figure out what works that we can keep doing. Exactly. Especially like with some of the people that will, they'll go into like a fad diet or they'll just mm -hmm. starve the shit out of themselves and they'll get on the treadmill and they'll walk for 70 hours out of the week or some yeah. shit. And like, yeah, they'll lose 10 to 15 pounds, but like after they lose that, they'll go on their little cruise or whatever. And then the next two months later, they're, they put on five more pounds than their original goal. Right. It's like, 
if you do this your whole life, it's don't you get tired of body. Too. Yeah, like it's terrible. You got to get tired of like doing that constant yeah. cut and like. And then a little bit, I yo-yo depending on goals. Like I, I was getting into strongman and powerlifting, and it was like, okay, well, weighing more moves, more weight, and I mm -hmm. was. 210 I was like okay the the cutoff for for strongman it's either above or below 220 yeah. and powerlifting 220 was a weight class or it was 195 I was like I won't be strong there so I was like I can allow myself I got a little chunkier than I wanted to I lost some athleticism but then I was like I can always drop down a little bit after right. when the goals change yeah that's yeah. exactly it it's um I feel like it's as you go through the process, it's learning how to do that. Mm -hmm. And most people don't learn, they just do it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Right. So it's like, um, I also feel like that's what sucks about like a lot of like fitness stuff is like they feed into people's mindlessness. Yep. And they're just like, yeah, here, do this. And it's going to give you six pack abs. And it's right. Like, no, not or really. they put that image of the guy on front. And I tell everyone, I go, look, that guy doesn't look like that year round. Right. He trained specifically for that. He yeah. doesn't have a full-time job. That's his full-time job. He has all the time to dedicate to that. Exactly. Um, and also, it's Photoshopped still. Yeah. <laughs> so he's going through, you know, three, four layers of filters to get to that. And mm -hmm. it's like, you can't expect that. And what he's saying does, that's not everything he did. He's probably also on some other shit that you're not taking. Right. You know? Exactly. Um, yeah, it just kind of sucks that they they play on people's perception like that. And, yeah, uh, I think it's I think it's getting better. I think more the push is going the other way a little bit. It's getting mm -hmm. away from the just the bodybuilding is fitness, the aesthetic is fitness, and it's yeah. changing a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, um, I think like I don't know, just like making trainers seem more like regular people. Yeah, is almost a superpower in itself. Because like yeah. even now, like I'll have somebody like. So like back to our training philosophies, like I almost never try to demo a, a move. Like I'll do like a really quick demonstration mm -hmm. or I'll use another client that's done it before. Yeah. But like if I demo something and that client's like, man, you know, that that looked really good. And I was like, do not base that off right. of me. Like I'm just- You I'm, don't make them feel bad because they can't do it as easy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then sometimes like quite honestly, like uh, I don't have like what I would say a lot of space in my hips, so like squatting with my knees closer in together mm -hmm. uh, is tough for me. Mm. So like if I'm demoing a move where my knees have to like be closer together as I squat, uh, I don't have a lot of range there. So yeah. I tell them like, "Yo, this is why I don't demo." Like, okay, because if there's if there's if you're good at it, that's perfect, that's mm -hmm. fine. But if there's little slight movement. Um, imperfections which we all have mm -hmm. if they see that then they'll take that onto their own right. and god forbid you know i'd like i do something bad and then they're like oh my trainer can't do it like yeah that. exactly so yeah. it's like yeah that's why i try to like find that little balance but um yeah i always tell everyone i i go well it's mine and i'd be like yours probably won't look like mine we're different we got different structures exactly everything like it just yeah. yeah it's a good way to kind of like uh preface it and just like let them know like that's gonna be a little bit different. That's yeah. perfectly fine too, though. Um, but yeah, I just feel like some trainers are seen as like superheroes, and mm -hmm. I mean some of them. Some I mean, of them are, yeah, I mean, yeah. damn, like it's impressive. But at the same yeah. time, it's like uh, when you're training like regular Joe, it's like, dude, I'm, I'm. This is my job as well. Like, granted, I love it. I get to play in a gym all day. Mm -hmm. But you know, I still, I still get up early. I still eat. You know, I use the bathroom just like you do. Yeah. Like, 
I bleed the same. It's yeah, no, I you know, I try to admit all of my shortcomings as much to my clients. As, I mean, I'm not there throwing it in their face, but if they ask, like, you know, oh, do you eat this? Do you, yeah, I eat pizza. Yeah, I do that. Right. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I've been taking some pictures of the up and down from the powerlifting and stuff. I think I'll do a post of the different phases of me over the years from really lean all that and be like, look, I've been going up and down too. It's, exactly. I've, I've not been this perfect person all the time. Like, right. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's really beneficial for people to see that too. Um, yeah, I don't like being the person. I don't. My job is never to me to be like, I know everything and I'm this awesome person. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna be like, I have my own struggles and I. I'm just for whatever reason I'm good at dealing with this part of life and those struggles. And I'd like to help you in the ways and show you what worked for me and figure out what works for you. Um, like you said, just let them know I, we're the same. Exactly. I just chose to do this and you chose to do accounting. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly it. Um, yeah. I think we kind of hit the nail on the head with that one. Right on. And not being like super over the top. Just being vulnerable almost. Yeah. Like be afraid to admit what you don't know and, right. and work together to figure it I, out. I feel like in the long time that actually helps trainers as well because like they don't have to have that constant struggle of like, well, I'm dealing with this, but I'm not going to tell anybody about it because blah blah blah. And right. Like, oh, you know what? Fuck that. Like, no, I get you. What do you weigh now? Oh man, I'm like one. I've been floating between like 198 and 203. Okay. Um, What's your goal now? Do you, you so my down, goal what? pre-COVID was to be around 195 because okay. like I felt like I could comfortably handle a 10-pound gain mm -hmm. and still like stay relatively lean and uh, build on some strength. I've kind of just built on strength and put on a few more pounds, but I'm okay right. with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so floating around like 198, 203. Um, the one thing that I have picked back up that I don't necessarily like is like my roommate has got uh, double stuffed Oreos. Okay. He'll leave them in the kitchen. Yeah. And uh, every now and then I'll just kind of like peel the pack open and snag one. So like. Oh, that's see, I can one. I can never, dude. I'm. <laughs> it's either I'm eating the whole thing or I'm not getting in the house. That's why oh, I, I have. Man semi self-control to a point yeah like i've uh i have a hard time dude because like with my sweet tooth like just seeing it there i'm like fuck man and it got to the point where i was like can you take these in your room like i don't want to see them yeah. anymore and he's like he's like you know i've had a few of them i'm probably not going to eat them so i'm just going to leave them out here and i was like oh my god so um <laughs> knocking the sugar like i guess i could say sugar addiction i feel like we all to a certain degree have. oh we crave it our yeah. brain runs on glucose it's, so, it's a physical thing we like back in the day we didn't know when we were going to get that again so exactly. it's just so the leftover like, instinct yeah yeah um so i need to slow down on gorging on that i guess would be like one of my goals yeah and then outside of that just like getting in new information as a trainer so mm -hmm. i can continue to learn how to coach people better um, yeah. that's when i kind of segued into the ihp stuff yeah and asked you about it and then some of the other stuff outside of like strong first um I've been looking at a ton of like Paul Check's stuff. Um, he does like a lot of movement strength based stuff. Okay. Uh, I, he, like again, I hear names. I'm I'm terrible with like people always ask me, you know this guy? I'm like, not really. So probably yeah. should, but eh. No, he's um I so I don't fully know a lot of his stuff. I know that he does a ton of barefoot stuff. Mm. A lot of it's like natural movement. Like they do like really heavy like boulder stacking. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah so it's I really nifty. Yeah, I love stuff oh, yeah. like that. So um, I've been wanting to kind of play around with his stuff. Um, 
but strong first or IHP would probably be like a good solid base for me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say base, I mean like, so most people like, I played football in high school. That's mm-hmm. literally it. So I've never okay. been like super strong. I've never been super fast or athletic. It's like I just happened to play sport, like one singular sport in high school. And I was like, oh, okay, this isn't too bad. And I, then I fell you. in love with lifting. So it's like yeah. some people have like the athletic background where either they played really hard in high school and then got into college or like they still had those connects from high school mm-hmm. or like, um, like the owner of the gym was really into uh, football. Like he was coaching football strength. Mm-hmm. And like he had like, he had the whole high school that he was at. It was like 500-something athletes, I think. Wow. So, like, he was constantly seeing all the teams in there. And then, like, he got into Oli lifting. And then one of our other trainers is, like, she's been doing just kettlebell stuff for years now. So they have a base that they can build off of. And I'm in this weird gray area where I have no single base. Okay. But I have a fair understanding of all the things that I've studied so far. I get you. So it's like a, almost like a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none kind of thing. <laughs> and... um. I don't know. Like, I honestly don't mind that area. Yeah. Like, granted, like, I would really like to get back into powerlifting and just give that a shot. But I'm, I switch so much. Yeah. That's, I guess that's another goal I need to focus on is, like, picking something. Yeah. Because I have a hard time, like, staying consistent as far as, like, my own. Because yeah. I'm so, like, ADD with everything. I'm like, yeah, I want to play with kettlebells. I want to do a barbell. Let's run. Let's do this. Oh, Let's I'm the same way. I, I like to, I never like to fully let go of anything. I'm like, I'm doing all things. And I found, at least for me, if I can give a reason for why each different implement gets me to my goal, then I'm like, well, I'm using it for the right reasons. Like, okay, is this barbell movement going to help me do this? Like right now I'm training for a mud run. Mm. I have one day where I do barbell stuff and I'm like, I need overall strength. I need to maintain that. I need maximal strength. Right. Um, but then I'll do a day where I do nothing but movement and explosive stuff. I need that because I need to be able to jump and get over things and do that. So everything's like, exactly. is this going to help me perform better at that? And pretty much everything is yes in one way or the other. Sometimes things are like, well, it's just fun and it doesn't hurt. So why not add it in there? Right. I feel like it's okay to do that every now and then. Like some people are just like, you have to do it. Like that's what bothered me with like when I was doing starting strength, like Mark Ripito stuff. They're like, you have to just do this. And it's Mm. like, "Uh, maybe I want to do something else. I found the opposite. I found honestly, so I got, I, I went through a stint of, I did a powerlifting meet and I did the like uh, West Side uh, or 531 conjugate oh, yeah, shit yeah. like that. I did nothing but that. Everything was focused on that. I did pretty good. Over the last year, I was signed up for another one before it got canceled because of COVID. Um, I did less of that. I probably trained 20% like a powerlifter and I was never stronger in my life on a barbell movement, even especially power to weight ratio. And I was like, so the less I focus on that, the better I've gotten because I'm probably training all these other aspects of just being a strong human yep. that translate over to that. It was it was interesting to me. So I also feel there's something to be said. Yes, you need specificity, but just general and as much different adaptation as you can create. Yeah, is, exactly. Uh, I, um, I understand where they're coming from as far as like um, having a strong base of like like a, a small set of moves that you can really master but mm-hmm. at the same time it's okay to stray away from that yeah like i'm i can't live my whole life like overhead pressing and squ- like back like right. low bar back squatting all the time like maybe i need to transfer it over and i heard it put this way once and i really like i stick with it but it's like you're either optimizing or adapting so you pick a movement ah. you're either the more you you get better at that movement 
the more optimal that movement is and you're better at that. But the more optimal you are, the less stimulus it creates, the less you're adapting, right? Now, if you're really experienced, now beginners, I almost always linear progression. We're gonna get really good at these because we need to learn these, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Once you're experienced and you've optimized a lot of movements, then I, I do feel it really helps to pick up new things more and more so that you're creating more adaptations. Because I don't think, as long as you keep it in there, you know, they, they say about, you need about 30% of the stimulus to maintain any skill. Mm -hmm. um, I think that I think that's pretty true for when it comes to lifting. If I do it enough that I'm still practicing it good, um, then I'll always have that there, but I can also now work on creating another adaptation that will carry over. So I, yeah. that's something that I liked. I heard on a podcast once that optimization versus adaptation. Yeah, I really like that. And one once a lot. you get to a point of optimizing everything, then you can now branch out more. Beginners, it's more and more practice, you need more repetition. It's like, you know, it's shooting free throws, more and more and more. Yep. You need it, you need it. But uh, at a certain point, it's like, okay, well, now I can find something else that will help me adapt to something new, but still carry over to what I already learned. Yep, yeah. that's exactly it. I really like that one. That was yeah. Do you know what podcast you had heard that from? Rogan something. Oh, dude, um, Rogan, Rogan gets some solid podcast people. I on. think it was Nick Curson, Speed of Sport, okay. but I'm not 100% sure. Right. I'm trying to remember which one, but yeah, it was it was one of those. And yeah, he I had think a, I have to check that one out. Yeah, um, but yeah, that stuck with me for a while. Um, so you're looking for you're looking for a goal. That's the goal right now, kind of. Yeah, kind and of. Just learning, um, learning as much as you. Yeah, can. learning as much as I can. Um, I guess my, I guess you could say my goals are to be better, so I can pass that on to other people. Mm. I don't have a specific goal for myself right now, okay. other than like learning more and then i mean i have some strength goals i guess uh yeah. like my overhead press has always been super spotty i know last year when i hit the 185 i wanted to make sure that while i was at 185 um we have the 106 pound we have two of them the 106 pound kettlebells okay it's called we call them the beast yeah uh, i wanted to make sure that i could clean and squat that single arm. right on and um i nailed that both arms it wasn't too bad and i realized that like working with double 70s at home now uh it's not terrible throwing those around so i was like maybe if i could be under 200 pounds and overhead press the 106 bell yeah that could be a fairly decent strength goal Heck yeah so um i've partly started doing like more overhead press like i do one heavy day and then one day just like kind of i call it like greasing the groove making sure that like everything Babble. yeah that's yep. exactly it yep. So um, just kind of like staying smooth as I go through everything and uh, make sure it feels good. Cause like with my shoulders, they're super janky. Yeah. Um, horizontal pressing isn't terrible, but like every now and then like there's some funkiness and overhead pressing. But the more that I focus on my greasing the groove days, the easier it feels as I go into my heavy days. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess that would be my strength goal. And then overall, I think it'd be pretty nifty if I could like clean and squat double 106s. Oh, so, right on. Maybe, I, don't, I guess we'll see. It's weird because in, in the kettlebell community, not that I'm by any means like in the kettlebell community, yeah. like I, I play with kettlebells. Yeah, but well, like, that's what I say. I'm an athlete that dabbles in powerlifting. I'm yeah. not a powerlifter. Right, exactly. Yeah. So um, like you don't really see, like you see people going for strength, but it's not like it's not like powerlifting. It's not like a one rep max. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, they'll do, they'll take the beast and then go 10 swings every minute on the minute for 10, 15 minutes. It's more like, Muscular conditioning, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, Power endurance, as I learned from IHP. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's things like, like every now and then you'll see somebody do like I did watch a guy. I can't remember his name to save my life. It was on Instagram, and he double snatched uh, the 106. He had two of them, so it was 212 pounds. He double snatched it. And I was like, that's fucking crazy. Is he a big kettlebell guy or? Yeah, he's huge. Oh, okay. Yeah, he and he's like as far as leverage points. I don't know if you're talking about. Do you know who Eric Bugenhagen is? No, I don't think I do. Actually. Look up. It's the funniest. It's oh he's like a. He was real big. He just does just hardcore lifting stuff, which, I mean, it's got its place, and it's fun to watch him do it. Um, but he's now a pro wrestler. It's funny as shit. But I, <laughs> I thought, he's was one of them I saw. He took some hundred and something kettlebell and overhead pressed it and things. And, oh, my shit. But anyway, so your guy you're talking about. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So he uh, he did that. And, like, his leverage points are ridiculous. Because I want to say he's, like, 6'4", 6'6". Six, six. Like, oh, wow. He's a tall dude. So, yeah. like, seeing him snatch that, I was like... <sighs> That's hefty. That, that's that's a lot of moving right there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's not that, like I'm stuck in the kettlebell community. It's just kind of... That's just where you focus at right now. Yeah. And, and it's fun, honestly. Like, I feel like the barbell is a little bit more hardcore, honest, like in my opinion, because it's like... Mm. It's more load. Yeah, that yeah. and then, like, it's unforgiving as fuck. Oh, yeah. So, like, if you got something going on with your stack or, like something's off in your structure it's gonna let you know Absolutely. whereas a kettlebell like while there's a lot of like unilateral work like at the same time your body will compensate you have freedom of movement yes yeah. you can move yourself around a kettlebell it's harder to move yourself around a barbell right yeah Absolutely. So, um, it, it definitely does get pretty challenging right on well, Jacob, I appreciate you giving me your time today. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell people how to find you and uh, we'll um, wrap it up here. Yeah, definitely. So I have a Facebook page. I was also going to follow ATP on Facebook. Give awesome, I do. Yeah. yeah, we don't have much up there. My social media sucks. but hey, I'll take any little bit that I can get. So, um, <laughs> My Facebook page is Coaching and Training with Jacob. Okay. I might need to change the name. And then my Instagram is at Catalyst underscore fit. Um, yeah. So that's really my main two. Okay. Uh, I kind of do like almost like uh, not tutorials. It's just like a vlog type thing where like mm. I just follow my own progress. But every now and then I'll go on a rant kind of. Okay. It. And then I'll post like... Um, stuff about classes and whatnot and just kind of like trying to promote a little bit yeah um, my social media is kind of in the same realm where it's like i touch it every now and then i kind of don't yeah i hate it man i i have to force myself sometimes and i've gotten away from forcing myself i now almost just like i'm only gonna post things i want and for me right now at least it's not very often and it is what it is you know uh I probably could get more clients if I did more, but I don't, I'm not in a hurry for that. I, like I said, I like to focus on the people I've got and everything else kind of has fallen into place for me. Exactly. Um, but right on, and you up at Breakthrough Fitness up in, uh, even Breakthrough yep. Perform, Breakthrough what, gym? Uh, yeah, we just fitness. call it Breakthrough. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a funky one. It's, uh, it's 10,400 Reading Road. It's okay. on the back of the shopping center. Um, we do all kinds of stuff as far as like recovery, um, movement, strength, performance. Um, it's a good little mix of everything. And I feel like it's a good chance for not just like regular gym goers, but like other trainers to come in and get a feel and just kind of like play around with what we offer and then uh, maybe see if they can take what we uh, coach and then add it into their game. Right on. Kind of add some variety in there too. Absolutely. Yeah. And you guys know where to find me, Adaptive Training Principles, on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, remember, I am now over on the west side at Paramount Fitness. Come see me for any general fitness, corrective, athletes. Uh, I try and do it all. 
and um, I am decided I'm going to start doing a scholarship program for anyone with a special case who falls under something the sort of stroke recovery, Parkinson's, um, major health concerns and rehab. I'm not a physical therapist, I'm a strength trainer and movement specialist and that is what I teach, but uh, we've gotten results. It's not magic, it's a lot of work, but again, we've, we've seen some progress with some people and I will be taking on, I have a slot open coming July, first month is free for anyone in that special case, so if you or someone you know falls under that umbrella, feel free to reach out and we'll set something up to get you in here. Alright, well, thank you for your time, Jake.